Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where you rewatch or recap television shows you really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept and characters could be used in your role-playing games. I am your host Jeremy and I am joined by my co-host Afif who is currently hanging out in the yard just tied to a to a stick, just chilling. Yeah, it's what I do on the weekends in my spare time. Yeah. 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 Everyone needs a hobby. It's, it's, not a, it's not a king thing, it's just just chilling. No, it's a platonic stick. Yeah, yeah, that make, that makes sense. Um, this time we are talking about the Netflix series One Piece, the uh, the live action adaptation, not the the original nineteen ninety nine anime. Because as fun as it is, I don't think Afif wants to be stuck here for another three hundred years talking about every single episode of the anime. That seems fair, right? There's how many episodes are there? Oh my, one thousand and eighty-one. <laughs> Dear Lord, you thought, you thought I was kidding. <laughs> I knew it was a lot, but no, I didn't. Yeah, it's a lot. That's, that is impressive. One thousand eighty-one. Like I feel like it can't be. Having watched a few episodes of this this live action adaptation now, there must be a lot of padding, right? Like I don't know. I, I know the, honestly. Okay, like. In terms of longevity, like, because I always know like, when I think like Western anime, I think like The Simpsons, not just for animated, I guess, but for just like a long running series. Yeah, that's um, true. And obviously, The Simpsons See, I think has dropped off very much yeah. so. <laughs> okay. My IQ is not high enough to really appreciate Rick and Woody, so. Yeah, neither is mine, but I like pretty pictures. Um, yeah, well, you know, a lot of anime has pretty pictures. Anyway, the point true. is, That's I don't true. know, usually usually when something is around for this long, the quality does drop off. Um, yeah, I think that's but, fair. It's yeah. going to be one of those cases where the first eight seasons are fantastic and then the next 12 are a little bit, um, they just kind of like, this is the same villain that we saw before, but he's got a different hat on and, hey, look, they're upping the stakes. Yeah, well, you know, luckily both of us, are so, we have so much knowledge about the anime and the manga. We're so up to date. That's true. We're very uh, as we're well that aware that guys. anime is for nerds. Um, yes. <laughs> so anime is super nerds. Uh, but though, let us talk about this episode. Um, let's dive right in, shall we? Because well, we're talking about episode one, season one, Romance Give Dawn. Give us the Netflix interesting- recap, yeah. The Netflix recap: Standing on a sinking boat, carefree Luffy begins his journey in search of being a uh, in search of a pirate king's lost treasure. But first, he'll need a crew, a ship, and a map. Oh my god! Did you call him Luffy? I did. I know it's Luffy. <laughs> Luffy. Uh, see, I even I know that there's a whole thing about people calling him Luffy. Like, I I I got sucked in by all the British accents in this episode, and I went, <laughs> "Luffy, his name's Luffy, isn't it?" And then his, what's his accent? Um, I don't know. I had a look where um, in I want to say uh, like Bogu is from Portuguese or like Brazilian. Right. Like that's a bold choice. It's a bold choice. How many people are going to be uh, just from his, by that? Just from what he looked. He was actually he born like. in Mexico City. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he lived in Portugal for a while. Let's find out. Or Brazil. Mexico City. <laughs> it was all Mexico City all his life. Yep. Wow, that says so yep. much about that. That being said, Afif, those of you who follow um, follow the channel for a while have seen Afif in in cosplay. 
who who thinks he could pull off the the Luffy um, cosplay? I'm pausing so the audience can respond or the listeners. Yeah, yeah I can, don't worry, I can, <laughs> audience, I can this hear is, you. Yeah, this can't, is like a Dora the Explorer so, episode. Yeah. It is swiping. Who's swiping? Anyway, all right. Yeah, I think you could. That'd be cool. I um, yeah. Next, honestly, next I was watching it and I was like, oh man, like Pax was just finished. Like I totally could. Yeah. 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 No, Oz Comic Con's coming up. I don't see this dropping off in popularity anytime soon. Uh, and when it comes uh, to, it, well, if he's got the vest and the the bare chest, then I need to go on a diet. That's what I. <laughs> well, in the second episode, he's just kind of wearing a shirt, and yeah, he's got, and he's like, got a shirt. Stri- I feel like. You can do any of the ones from the show. He's good. I think the hat's kind of the key thing. That you yeah, honestly, the hat and like the cut sort of off. Cut off shorts, yeah. Oh, he's got like, I'm looking at pictures of him now. He's got like a very prominent scar across his chest. When I'm looking at Does just he? like Google images. Yeah. I feel like that okay. wasn't on. Is that something that happens later or? I don't know. Um, however, I do know all about the manga, but this is a no spoilers podcast, so we're not going to talk about anything that might happen uh, in the future. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a thing. That's a thing that occurs. <laughs> Speaking of scars, um, so in this episode, we get introduced to a whole bunch of people, including Captain Shanks, who's got some cool scars. Uh, I'm just diving into what a, like what, a what dream happens. Boat. Yeah, I know he's got all, like a Ryan Gosling thing going on, right? Yeah. It's it's yeah. just working for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's that um very what's the word? The CW sort of feel to it, to it to the casting oh, yeah. for this yeah. show. It feels very, very CW. Uh particularly with like the bit parts like that. And that guy was actually who what's his name? Um oh, I'm gonna remember in a second. Um when I check my notes. Uh Peter Gadiot. Who was, was he actually in, in he was in Supergirl. Else? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And oh, he's that guy. He's that guy in Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy that can't <laughs> pronounce the name of. Or no yeah. one can pronounce the name of. Yeah. Mr. Milkockles. Um, yeah. Very, very Ryan Gosling. Very cool mentor figure. I liked seeing um, a character have their mentor. Because it feels like this is going to be a, a show where there's a lot of flashbacks. Through the through the. Do you series. think they'll they'll keep doing flashbacks like all throughout, or? I think they will. Like I feel like every time, um, Luffy, <laughs> I'm gonna mix it up. This is gonna be a fucking Vive <laughs> situation again, like, isn't it? Lofi, oh, hell, Lofi, 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 Lofi. I'm just gonna get them all out of the way. I'm gonna say it every possible way, and then Lo-fi. just go back and edit it the correct one in later on so you'll never yeah. know um anyway that anytime he's going to learn like an important lesson or there's going to be like an like special thing about his his power or something they're going to flash back and he's going to learn a very special very special moment with shanks that's yeah my, well i can imagine that as well for the other characters because i feel like they they go light yeah. on the introductions and it's like clearly all these characters have some sort of backstory to them yeah yeah. This episode felt nothing more like a session zero to me. Oh yeah. Like absolutely. A, a, an RP heavy had, session zero. You had like the other guy, what was his name? The the like really cowardly guy. Oh, Kobe. 
Yeah, with the glasses. That felt like the player who yeah. like was there for session zero and was like, actually, you know what? This campaign isn't for me. I'm just gonna <laughs> right. I'm just, <laughs> I'm gonna, just gonna dip I'm out. just gonna nope out. Like I'm I'm just here to like know like learn the rules and okay, I've done that now. Yeah, I was looking for like a grim dark thing. This is like, you know, yeah. it's a little bit too light for me. Yeah. I think it's like I was really more into like a military academy drama and you guys seem to be going pirates, so I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, go go not play. I've got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come up with a new character. Maybe <laughs> that's what that felt like. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's do a quick synopsis of the the whole episode. Um, Lufe. Oh no. So it starts off with a pirate king getting executed, and he's all like, "Go out and find my treasure. Go and be free and take to the seas." And then he gets killed by the evil empire. And that was twenty years ago. And a whole bunch of pirates have come around since. Uh, and one of them is Luffy. Who's all like, hey, I'm going to be a pirate king, even though my ship's sinking. And then he comes across another pirate who's attacking a ship and he frees the cabin boy who's Kobe and they destroy the ship together. And it it's just wonderful, honestly. It's just this fun little piece as they end up trying to find a map from like, it just, it rolls into each next encounter, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And it, it is super fun. Um, also, this pirate king's name couldn't be more on the nose right gold roger Old roger gold <laughs> roger best name ever anyway they also meet a couple other people who are after a map oh sorry there's one person after a nap named nami um who's trying to rob it and there's a pirate hunter named zoro uh and during the shenanigans they basically form a small crew and um head off together in search of more adventure yeah, a lot happens Which, that episode. Now think about it. Yeah, really does. Yeah, and I like it. I like the idea that this is everyone in the room together, but everyone's off on their own little story, and you've all got your own agenda. But the game master's kind of weaving it all together and just going, "Okay, but now you're all going to be in the same place at the same time." Yeah, like it felt like it kind of did it a couple of times. Like, okay, we're going to put him in the bar, and you're all a little bit heroic. So I'm going to have like this small child be bullied. Who's going to stand up for? Oh, only you. Oh, only you. Okay, okay. So we need another reason to get you all together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think like when we were talking about the the flashback stuff before as well, I really like that as an approach for like character backstories. You know, where you yeah. don't have you don't have to have the whole thing mapped out from the get-go. Mm. Um, it's like, oh, here's like the rough idea. It's like, oh, I'm a pirate hunter. Like, why? I don't know. We'll figure it out, you know? <laughs> like, I feel like they've got very loose reasons for doing stuff. Like, they've... Well, they're very anti-pirate. So far, everyone he meets yeah. is like, I hate pirates. And then, of course, Luffy's like very lovable and positive. He's very like, lovable, but also... I'm a different sort of pirate, but they keep saying like, he's a pirate. It's like, you're not a pirate. It's like, why is he not a pirate? Anyway? Well, I'm sure we'll get to that later. I feel like pirates are just kind of a hand wave for anyone who has a boat. Who's not a, you know, Marine or something. It's like, you're either with us or against us. It's a little bit of that feeling to it. Yeah, Um, very much so. Now I want to talk, let's start off with talking about, um, there's the concept of Luffy, who is a pirate who can't swim. And yeah, they kind of gloss over power. it. They don't like get into it. 
that he can't swim. Yeah, they just kind of mention it, right? But they don't really like. Well, I'm wondering. Doesn't can come he up not again. swim, or is it yeah. the fact that when he goes in in water, he loses his powers? I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think it matters. I feel it's like, like the point is that yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a pirate who has to avoid the water, and like that's a really fun character concept. Like they all have these interesting little little takes on where they come from, and his is the most ridiculous, but also the most, but not also the most believable. But they all seem realistic because of that character, like because of who their character is. Yeah, like you can feel that Zoro. He's got a, a set reason for why he's so fucking good with a blade and probably why he holds his sword in his teeth as well. Um, and like, I, I love that slight element of the ridiculousness as well. It's like, no, no, I'm a swordsman. I've got three swords. Like, I don't just have two in one hand. I've got a third one. And they just throw it out like, where does the th- how do you hold the third one? And it's like, don't know. I just do. Like, it's a that really feels good, like, like, setup. I really love that kind of, like, the setup and payoff of that, where it's like, where yeah. does he, how does he even do it? Oh, that's what he does. Yeah, you know. I mean, I like it when he draws it and he's holding the two, like, a double-ended lightsaber, and then he pulls the third one. I'm like, oh, why does he just hold them like that? That's cool as well. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like teeth would not give you that good a grip on the handle to actually be able to do anything with it. But holding it, like, double-ended, that's cool. Nah, Star Wars did that already, you know. I know, but it was still cool. Uh, but it does feel like a fighter who's just like, no, I picked up all the weapons. No, no, I've got yeah. I've got three different swords. I've got like my flame tongue. <laughs> yeah, I can use whatever, right? Yeah. I've got my fire sword. I've got my silver covered sword for for undead. I've got this one for just like regular folks. It's like, I got I, I got to switch it up. Um, Actually, that's yeah, a so question. He's, Let's... he's definitely a fighter, right? Yes, that's what I was going to go into. What are each of these four characters? So let's go he's also, Luffy, he's Nami, Zoro, he's and Kobe. He totally is an edgelord. Yeah, the biggest edgelord of the party. But also, like, really, like, not obnoxious, I think. No. Well, he's the quiet edgelord. Yeah, he doesn't, he's like, the, um... insert himself, you know... Yeah, he's more the brooding, quiet edgelord, where it's like, I'm, I just have my mission. We can do that, I guess. I'm just doing it over here. I'm just going to stare into the darkness for a little I while. I think he rolls really well as, as well, though. I think he's that sort of player oh, for, who just for gets sure. a lot of good rolls. Yeah. 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 But I've, he, I've he's seen the edgelords like, like power gamer, you know, like make a really strong character, but then just roll really badly and just become yeah. a joke. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly that's exactly right. Yeah, I think he actually no, I think he rolls averagely, but he only attempts things he knows have like a seventy five percent chance of success to begin with, and oh, the sure. rest of the time he just does the. I'm just going to stand in the background. I'm yeah. just going to wait and like um, help someone else so they get an advantage. Because we see him, him and Luffy doing the the teamwork against um, Axe Hand Morgan. Who we're going to talk about later. We're going to talk about Axen for sure. Like, fucking this dude. All right. So I feel that, yeah, Zoro is a, a fighter for sure, right? Yeah. All right. So what is Luffy? Luffy. Ooh, okay. 
he's obviously got like some sort of magical abilities. Um, but he's more of a martial type character. Like he's up close and well, Well, yeah, he's he's not like a range. Monk is interesting. Uh, Mm. he's very survivable, I guess. So that kind of goes with that. Yeah, I can see Monk. Yeah. Like I see maybe he's got like a special class or like heritage feature. Like because of the the devil fruit, the gum gum fruit, which means he's able to do these things, and that's the reason for it. But I feel like mechanically, he's just a monk. He just punches stuff, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks really cool when he does it, but he just punches stuff. And then uh, stuff. Nami's obviously, yeah. obviously a rogue uh, for Nami. Rogue, but she's got the charisma. She's a high charisma. Yeah, she's a she's a charisma. mastermind. Uh, yeah, one? maybe. I think that could be it. Yeah. I mean, I, she says she, things, I feel like she's got I don't know. really. I think she rolled really high on her stats. Is what is the impression I'm getting? Yeah, yeah. I think she rolled. She she has average wisdom because her empathy is only middling, uh, and probably strength. I think isn't she maybe super high either. Like, yeah, doesn't have a lot of points in like the physical stats, but just also has like yeah. like expertise, you know, in yeah lock picking to make up for it, sort of thing. Yeah, and I reckon Dex is pretty high, but the rest is is average. Dex and Charisma yeah. Rogue, that's always a fun fun route to go. And then I'm going to include Kobe as well, even though he left after one session. <laughs> um, Kobe is... <sighs> what is he? I guess he doesn't really See, do much, so it's hard to, it's hard to really no, say. No, doesn't. I would say Kobe's a paladin, though, and I'm basing that on familiar. very little okay. information. It, familiar works as well. But I, I like to see that he's, you know, that he had a class before he decided to quit the game. Uh, and I'm saying Paladin because he had very clear, this is right and this is wrong. That's true. You know? Yeah. And one of the things about that was that also he was able to knock out a dude with one punch. He did get that one hit, which I feel like was maybe a like a lucky nat 20 and he just pumped all the divine smites in. Like, let me yeah. just... Maximize the damage, yeah. But I can I can see that working. That works out nicely. It's um yeah. And that's an interesting group to go adventuring with. Like monk rogue fighter. Yeah, very martial heavy. Yeah. And this is I feel like it is a martial heavy adventure. Like there was a lot of fights in this. Yeah, but I think I think that also kind of makes sense for like if you, if you were doing a kind of piratey ship based campaign. Yeah, that's true. It would be kind of fun to do restrictions of like okay, like we can't have a bloody you know wizard causing tidal waves and stuff mm. like that. Like that's just gonna make the mm. the combat boring. Let's have it martial. So you gotta like get close. You have to get close and then board if you want to be able to fight and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. But you can have some spells, but it's more Eldritch Knight spells. So you're going for the um, you're going for the martial classes with magic rather than magic classes that just have yeah. Fireball. And you don't get those yeah. You don't get those super break the game type spells. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a great way of doing it, actually. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. I was going to ask how you'd make that work, but now now I know. <laughs> Now, another thing I liked is that it seems like each of the characters 
going back to the concept in the classes, they all have their set goals already. Like you can see what they're trying to achieve from the very start. Like Luffy just wants to be Pirate King. Like that's his, that's his entire goal. He's just going to tell you that every time. Yeah. And then you've got Nami who wants the map and Zoro who wants to hunt pirates and Kobe who wants to become a Marine. It's like, here is, here is where you're starting the adventure. It's like, what is your goal at the start of the adventure? This cool. That's what you're working for. That's what's going to get you out on the go searching for money, go searching for, for adventure and, and shenanigans. Like that's a, a easy little path for the game master to get, put you on. Yeah. No, I thought no, that a was, lot of it it's is a nice just very like, yeah, it just does scream like D and D game. You know, it's very fun. It really does. It's just such a it's such an adventuring party. You know. You know what screamed the most D and D party to me? Is it the son of the guy of Morgan? No, but but that worked as well. That was um, that's, very much that's that. like a very classic villain, like hateable. Yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, no, it was when um, Zoro comes into the bar in wherever the town was, and he's got the half corpse of the guy that came looking for him in a bat in a sack, and he just <laughs> drops him on the, the counter. I'm like, "Yep, that's very D and D." Oh, we need that guy. Well, we better take his head. We'll just chuck it in a bag. Oh, we need his hands too. We'll chuck those in there. Like <laughs> body parts in a sack. That is the most D and D thing I have seen in a long time. Oh yeah, it's great. Um, it, it does kind of, I'm kind of interested, like, what's the tone exactly? Because it's, like, clearly kind of cartoonish. It's obviously, you know, it's based on anime and they've lent into the visual elements, like, in that regard. Yeah. But then, like, there was the bit where he, like, cut the dude in half and you could, like, see, you know, the, all the blood and stuff it's, like that. Yeah. And there's, like, early on, like, the flashback with Luffy drives a knife into his face oh yeah that's weird yeah that's weird wild why did yeah. he do that like and goes like i was aiming for my eye and it's like oh but i missed it's like wait this is like a particularly dark you know what it is this world feels like an oppressive regime you have this grand line you've got like the vice admiral and these this evil empire of people who are shutting down the freedom to be a pirate and live how you want because this is all the stuff that Gold Roger was saying, right? When he, before he got killed, so yeah, like, live free, kind of, yeah, yeah. die hard, that kind of stuff. But our protagonist is this super upbeat, cheerful guy who sees the world feels like very through rose tinted goggles and saying, "Like, no, we can be friends. Like, why wouldn't we be friends?" And super optimistic about it all. So I feel like what we're seeing is that slapsticky sort of style in a very dark world where people do get slaughtered regularly like this is just a happy version of a horror world yeah um Does that, that's that match the that's tone? interesting I, I don't know I, <laughs> I don't i don't know about it but it's interesting to see yeah um they do yeah. have the shifts kind of like those little tonal shifts but i don't think they're I know there was one in the second episode, which we'll talk about after. Um, but it's not. I didn't. I never felt like it was jarring or anything. Like, no, it felt pretty on brand. Yeah, it feels like it's wacky, but it's it's 
brutal as well. It's like, yeah, this is not a nice place. We're just seeing the the crazy stuff about it. Like we're seeing the over-the-top elements. But then if you're going over the top, you have to go over the top the other way as well. It's like, yes, you can cut people apart with one slice and you will see all the innards because that's also over the top and ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of over the top and the ridiculous, do you want to talk about Axan Morgan now? What? He's totally... (laughs) He's a great, like beginner villain like a first boss he's, you know like he is an amazing first boss i fucking loved him <laughs> like the fight scene with him and the um with with luffy and zoro that was just outstanding like i loved every moment of it well, actually that's not true i didn't like one moment where zoro's all like every part of his body is a weapon i'm like yeah that's what happens in fights. You use everything as a weapon. Every part of your body is a weapon. Every part of Luffy's body is a weapon. Like, that's how it works. Yeah, it was kind of redundant. I don't know. I don't really know what he was saying with that. Yeah. No, it felt like, hey, this is taken from the anime or taken from the manga because this was the line he said. Um, and that one other problem with that fight scene, while they were doing it, you can very clearly see Nami in the background just kind of standing there. Because there's no one else doing anything. Like she's already cleared out all the others. She's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch. Yeah, she doesn't have like a weapon that can bypass his resistances. No. You know, so she's like, oh, let me yeah. just sit here. Oh, like I'm out of spell slots or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna chill. I'm gonna ready my action in case any of these guys stand up. But maybe okay. I'm assuming everyone has seen this this show. Because why would you be listening to this podcast if you hadn't seen the show? Um. But this guy with an axe instead of a hand, and for also some reason a metal jaw, which never explained, never really looked like yeah. said why does he have a metal jaw? No one else seems to have metal jaws, but it makes him just iconic. Like the way it's I describe this guy, it's like yeah, he's tall, he's got like these ripped sleeves and massive shoulders, and he's got this metal line of a jaw that's been replaced, and just never talk about why. I mean, I, I think that's I just, kind of the way they do like all their characters, like oh yeah, and like and like the world building as well, where it's like here's like we're gonna give you know each character like a really key defining feature sort of thing. But mm-hmm. keep it simple and just, you know, go kind of wild with it to make sure each of them does kind of stand out in that way. Yeah. They, they're all memorable. Like everyone, you might not recognize their names immediately. Like, oh, that's that guy what did the thing. Like he's an individual. He's not a faceless mook or just the first boss. He's Axe Hand Morgan. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, that's very much a, a manga element to me that's something like at the end of the chapter you fight this guy and he's got this axe hand and then later on you'll come across the guy with three axe hands uh, but it's it's each chapter has its own little specific boss which you can identify which chapter it is by who's at the end of it yeah um, which yeah that's I, an easy thing to do in dnd yeah and i think it's also a visual thing i think where it's like okay i'm designing a character I give him an axe for a hand, but like, is that enough? You know, like he just needs <laughs> he needs more. So we'll just give him a metal jaw for some because you know what? Why, jaw, not? why like, not? 
it's not going to impact his talking in any way. I just want it to look cool. And I love his like like tiger. What is it like tiger stripe pants or the zebra? Oh like... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, he's got a style. He definitely has a style. I'm intrigued because he doesn't seem to care about his son too much, for one thing. Um, yeah. Because his son gets in a fight with Zoro early on at the bar, and he's just like, yeah, you beat up a Marine. Doesn't really care that it's his son, and that's what gets Zoro arrested. But there's also a moment when he's talking with Zoro, and he's like walking around, and he's like, you could do a really good job here working with us Marines. And like claps him on the shoulder. I'm like, is he just hitting on him? Like this feels very sexual tension yeah. between the two of them. He's just like nagging his son, like constantly. His poor and the fact that his son is not like badly built, but then decides to practice with Zoro's sword naked in the mirror. <laughs> like there's there's yeah. some undertones going on here. Like this is this is deliberate, right? I wonder if he'll show up again or if he's gonna that's what I'm kinda curious about. Who? The, the sun or Morgan? The sun the sun, yeah. I think the sun will. I think he's gonna be like a recurring character. I feel like it's not as easy to tell, sort of like usually with anime you can kinda tell, but it's not always that clear sort of which characters mm. are reoccurring or important yeah that's true because everyone is a, a unique snowflake flower so everyone well, they gave like it's memorable i know they they give like i don't know who it is but it's like the the lady who runs the bar in like the yeah. flashbacks like she's got colored hair so i'm like is she important yeah. she's got, she's got colored hair it feels like everyone's got colored hair like this is just normal for this world well luffy does like but if no, you're right. Actually, he doesn't have coloured hair. Everyone else does. <laughs> it's really subtle, like, though. It's not like yeah. Maybe his colour is black. Like his the colour of his hair is black, and everyone else has got like green and orange and and red and yeah. So he's I know Kobe black. is supposed to be like pink, pink. Oh, that explains it. Yeah, yeah. It was Kobe's just a looked, very kind of yeah. I feel like pink, pink. I'd be looking at like. Are you the protagonist? Are we really actually following Lufe for most of this, or is it is it you? Because yeah. you got the pink hair, dude. Uh, but Luffy's got his hat. Like the hat makes it stand out as well. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Solid hat. Like he he doesn't really need hair when he's got a hat on all the time. The hat's good as well. I think something simple like that's a good like. It's not really characterization, you know, but it's like here's a a visual element that like because mm. I think what can happen sometimes when you're playing D anD D, and especially if you've just started like a new campaign, or if you if you're doing like a one shot and you're playing with people that have just met and you've just introduced your characters and stuff, it's really easy to like forget what people look like or what their characters look like, um, yeah. and especially because you start to build up in your head an idea of like okay, that's what that person's character looked like or whatever. Um, which is might, might not necessarily be kind of accurate to what they had in mind uh, for their character. But if you give them mm. like a strong visual element, like he's got this hat and then, you know, throughout the adventure or the series, you, the, you can keep bringing the hat into it of like, oh, he makes sure to grab his hat and, you know, do this for the hat. Yeah. 
then everyone else kind of remembers like oh it's the hat that's the hat guy he's got the hat and you always kind of remember that yeah it's like well it is very indiana jones it's like indiana jones he has the hat he has the whip and that's kind of he's got the jacket maybe but the rest of it there's no iconic look to him he can wear anything else as long as he's got those one of those things and you'll remember who he is yeah. So yeah, hats are a good way of doing that. I said I had a recent character who was a rogue and I wanted him to be like a Scarlet Pimpernel type. So he always dressed incredibly well. And like if we were going into the sewers, he's like, oh, I just got these boots cleaned. Like, do do we have to? And yeah. maybe it was the way I was playing him, but it became more annoying for the party rather than a memorable trait of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering how you, because yeah, I feel it, it does need to be something visual or, you know, an accent or something. Accents work a little bit better if you can do accents. Yeah. But I'm wondering if, if it's like, or, you know, the weapon they wield, maybe it's just a longsword, but maybe the way you describe it, it's got, you know, gems on the hilt and you want it to catch the light when you kill someone or you always clean it off after that. Do you feel that... The characters making it part of the role play rather than just a description is a way to to emphasize it, or is it better to just have a little background thing just to remind people every once in a while rather than actually make it part of their personality? Oh well, actually, I mean that's a fair point, honestly. <laughs> hmm. I want, I'll give you a little bit more time to think on it, and I'll keep vamping while I'm doing that. I'm thinking specifically about Luffy's hat. Like there's yeah. a couple of, and Indiana Jones has had as well. I can see a few times where the game master would like, oh, we knock your hat off. And now you've got to choose between, do you get away or get the hat? And it's like, well, if you go and get the hat, suddenly you're making choices, which might impact the party. And that doesn't become just a, an imagery thing that becomes a role play decision. And yeah. that's where I start to wonder, okay, well, where do you start to draw the line between this is just something that makes me memorable and which is like part of my character that has to be there. And I can't just go buy a new one. Yeah. I've given you no yes. time to think of this, have I? <laughs> um, I mean, you know, there's no wrong or right answer, I guess. It depends on... I think what I was trying to get at more is just, like, I think trying to not fall into the habit of, like, making assumptions about other people's characters was more sort of... Yes. I think that's where I was going with. Uh, and just yeah, having, like, a, a, a visual... A visual cue is like a, a nice way to kind of like sub subtly remind other people of like this is what my character looks like. I think this is why people love commission art commissions and character art and miniatures so much because you can go here is a visual representation of my character always that you can always kind of be seeing or have there. Yeah, so some people are bad at it. imagining or bad at <laughs> describing. You know, like bad at visualization. Yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling. I'm honestly, this is why I love minis because I'm okay at visualization, but when it comes to battles and, and stuff, I need everything laid out or I have no fucking idea what's going on. I'm just going to yeah. drop the F bomb in there. Everyone else, I yeah, don't think we've sworn absolutely. yet this episode, but well done. Well done, me. I get one. <laughs> uh, this is a good episode. I was really stoked. I just had a lot of fun. I, with it. I really liked. There was one moment I really liked, which is at the start, like when you first kind of meet Kobe, where mm -hmm. the his like boss was like forcing him to clean her mace, you know, and he's there with the toothbrush yeah. and he's like, Yeah. I really love that little uh, moment. 
After she's like um, a, slaughtered some yeah. dude when she's looking for Zoro. Yeah. Like a little behind the scenes sort of like a look at the mundane thing that, you know, you have your cool moment like, yeah, I do this. And then it's like, fl- you know, fast forward to two hours later. Oh, and some poor like still getting the brain out of it. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I really like, like, I liked Alvita's introduction. She was like such a minor boss in this. I don't know if she's going to come back. That could happen. But I like that she was introduced in this like swashbuckling, but also total jerky way. Like, I'm just going to take prisoners. I'm going to kill people when they don't know who I am. And I'm going to be mean to this dude. And like, oh, wow. This is kind of setting the tone for this is what we expect pirates to be like. Yeah. Well, they do a subtle thing with like the wanted posters, I was going to say, where like it flashes up for a bit, but you can see like the bounty. You can kind of get yeah. a gauge on, like, yeah, this is how much they're worth. Yeah, like, how how well known are they? Where's their their rank in the pecking order? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel um, about bounties in in an RPG? Do you um, feel it's well, like an well, easy that, way to get adventures going? Okay. Before, <laughs> before that, well, you're talking about like the swashbuckling nature of like her introduction and stuff. Yes. But one thing I really like so far that I've seen is that, like, none of the characters are kind of afraid to get their hands dirty, right? Like, none of no. the bosses are like, like, let me just sit in a in a dark room somewhere and, like, get someone else to do the dirty work for me. Like, yeah. so far, all of the bosses have been like, I'm going to do this myself sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll get in there. And yeah, she was, like, first to try and board the other ship, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, the only person we've seen so far who hasn't actually done the the killing themselves has been uh vice admiral garp at the start when gold rogers died when gold yep. roger died but that yeah. was like he like, was executing him and he's like they had a a thing and i think that's kind of to say this guy is a little bit of a step backward like from everything else he's a step back he's behind the scenes yeah doing it now actually going back to bosses i, I don't want to go back onto the bounty hunter thing i think that's something we can cover later another time whatever of, i want to yeah, go back to yeah, I want to go back to Axe Hand, just because amazing. Um, and I want to think about one of the things that we see when they're fighting him is they strike him and he gets to strike back, and it's it felt very much like a moment of D and D combat because the first couple of strikes, it's like um, Zoro gets a hit, and then and then um, Luffy takes a shot, and then Axe Hand responds. And it was like hit, hit, miss, 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 hit, hit, miss, rather than yeah. what you kind of see, where it's like I get six attacks and then they get six attacks and then you get an attack. So it was like very. It felt like it was designed in that same mechanical way. The choreography felt like it could easily fit into D and D. And I was wondering, how would you build Axe Hand as a boss? Because I've got some interesting thoughts, and I want to hear if you'd have any. Would you just take like a stat block and make him an ogre or something, and not give him any special abilities, or would you like make him a bit more interesting? I probably wouldn't make him too interesting because he's sort of an mm-hmm. early game boss. I'd be it'd be more just flavor. I'd just be describing how he looks and stuff like that. But I probably wouldn't give him unique mechanics. I don't think mechanically he did anything sort of unique enough to warrant that. Well, see, here's, I would make it a little different. I'd just make him a standard stat block, maybe make him a little bit tougher because every part of his body is a weapon. Um, 
But when someone attacks him, that's when he gets to make his attack. He can only attack as a reaction. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So he, yeah, he doesn't get a turn, but if you hit him or miss him, he gets to attack you back. Would you tell your players this, like, explicitly? I think that it's a low enough level that I wouldn't have to, because I'd only have the one attack. So someone would attack, then he'd attack, and it's like, oh, it's just his turn. Someone else would attack, he'd attack as well. And it's like, hang on a second, how can you do that? I'm like, well, that's how he works. Yeah. What about, okay, I'm just thinking of the potential, like, shenaniganry where, like, the players would be like, oh, we, we just won't attack him, you know? Like, how do you kind of work around that? Um, That's where you have the minions come in. Like, he's still got his marines around. And they're yeah. going to grab you and like arrest you if you if you don't fight back. Um, maybe maybe he always has the reaction to fight, to to strike back, but he also gets his own turn of just one attack. But that what means if you he's give suddenly him... gone from one attack up to four if you've got a big enough party. What if you give him like this is not a this is a very common sort of like mechanic in a lot of video games, but it's not a thing in D anD. d But what if you give him like a taunt ability? That yeah. forces uh, forces the players to attack him. Basically, that works because he does have that kind of glare, glower at them. He's like, "Come on, you can, uh, you can take, or not, you can take me. I'm going to rest you and hang you up, and all this other stuff." So he's kind of talking to them. I think this this might be what we do for this series. We pick a, a character or a boss or something and make them into a D and D character or a D and D. Yeah, boss. I mean, there's a lot of characters. I think even outside of like the Devil Fruit stuff, like specific yeah. powers and abilities, it seems like you know everyone's got a little something, little something extra as well. You know. Yeah, like I think that axe hand just—it seems so silly. Like I don't think you'd actually really be able to use it that well. It's like, great, you're punching with the power of axes. And is it that's a magic item though, right? Like Oh, for sure. For sure. But it's it's a oh, cursed item. Oh, that would item. be awesome. It's a cursed item. Maybe it's a cursed item, but it's very much that you'd have to it's just an axe head if you take it off him. Like you'd have to put the blade like a put a a axe handle on itself and that might change how it operates because it's been designed or it's weighted to be on his his um wrist rather than on on an axe. Well, point. I was gonna say it's like um it's a cursed item, so like if you attune to it, it just attaches to your hand. So you've lost your hand, like yeah, and then you can't I like that. Yeah, you you have to you have to like dual wield weapons or you can't hold a shield with that hand or whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You can get a few others, but it's always gonna be on your hand. Yeah. <laughs> you can well, just that, chain okay, them so together. That's a- yeah. <laughs> If you keep finding more, it's the axe reaction hands. axe. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, would you make the jaw? Oh yeah, the jaw is going to be his taunt ability. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. That's awesome. All right. Well, okay. I was going to say, do you want to do the crit hit, crit fail thing? Because I've got one. But I thought if we're going to do create a little monster from the um, from the boss, maybe we don't need to. Yeah, I think that would work for this series. I say, knowing right, nothing cool. about One Piece. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. The Devil Fruit seems to be a very unique thing because everybody gets yeah. their own special power. Luffy becomes stretchy. 
Uh, assume Were you people expecting have got other that? Stuff? Like, how much of a surprise no. was that to you? Yeah, that was a massive surprise. <laughs> which is funny because I've had people talk to me about it before. Yeah. Whereas, like, uh, what? What? Like that oh, I've that's right. Of, he can stretch. Yeah, that I've kind of heard of. Um, it'd be interesting to know, like, the full extent of that power as well, because he got fucking shot yeah. in the chest. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it, it did not bother him at all. So, no, he just bounced it away. Like, so is he just he's gum basically? Yeah, basically. I don't. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. You know but I always really like the stretchy powers, like Mister Fantastic and Elastigirl. Gumby, yeah, yeah. That that's the other person you're going to cosplay as. You're going to be Gumby. Gumby. <laughs> I was going to say Elastic Girl. <laughs> Wait, Elastic Girl is Incredibles. Yes, Mrs. Incredibles. Okay, yes, yeah. of course, because because um because they're the Fantastic Four. So that's four. maybe a bit after your time. Are. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if it's not Plastic Man, it's not fucking proper. All right, Plastic you can Man. Plastic, plastic Man, man is. You can be Plastic Man. He's very overpowered, so all Plastic I know Man's about amazing. Plastic Man, it's very strong. Yeah, Plastic Man's amazing. All right, cool. We're not going to get on a comics oh, now. Um, I random. Think oh, one more Wait, thing. one yep. more side note. I can't remember if I noticed it in okay. this episode or the next one, but just like while we're talking about different character designs, I, I think Luffy is supposed to just have sandals, but he's got like weird sure. like fake sandals on. I don't know if you've noticed. I think they're like, don't want to show his toes or they're like, it's a safety thing perhaps, but he's got like booties that are like made to look as if he's wearing sandals, but he's not actually wearing oh. sandals. That's weird. I sure. Yeah, just maybe, keep, a, keep an eye out for that. I will never not be able to not see it anymore. Yeah. All right. And that's the, um, that's the, the one piece more that we're going to have to bring each episode as well. Uh, when we nearly think we're episodes done, and then just the one piece more comes up with this little odd thing that we've noticed about it. Oh, wonderful. Um, all right, now we should come up with an, in- an exit as well, but I'm just going to start to wrap up the show uh, anyway and see what I can come up with. Ooh, yeah, that could work. All right. Um, thanks so much for listening. Come back next week. Subscribe wherever you found your podcasts. Um, Leave a rating and review. That's really helpful. It gets the podcast out to more listeners. We are brought to you by Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne. Uh, You can book us on mastersofalchemy.au where we can run private games. We can talk to you more about One Piece and manga and all the rest. Or you can come down to Fortress Emporium on Sundays, book a ticket um, via their website and play Dungeons & Dragons with us. Um, It's really fun. Great for introductory sessions, great for intermediate sessions as well. And there may even be campaigns coming. Oh, exciting, everyone. Woo, yay, woo, yay. A thief, say yay things as well. Yay, woo, yay, yay. I took a bite out of a chocolate bar. That's on me. I really should have warned you ahead of time. Uh, You can find... You can find Masters of Alchemy on the socials as well, but you can find uh, D&D and TV on Instagram, which is at D-N-D-N-T-V-P-O-D. If you've got thoughts on One Piece, specifically the live-action one, because I know everyone's going to have thoughts on the the anime and the manga, uh, you can send the email to D-N-D-N-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Uh, and that's all from us. Again, thank you so much for listening. Afif isn't anywhere. I'm, I know he can still eating, so I'm not going to make him, him talk now. Um, stay safe. Be kind to yourselves. Uh, may all your hits be crits. And... 
We are D&D and TV, the future king of the podcasts. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.